The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, freshfm.net, for our contact details. Kia ora friends, I'm Joanna Santa Barbara of Motueka bringing you an eco-postcard. Each week I send you a small snapshot of a few things going on in our world concerning the health of our beautiful planet. Sometimes it's good news and sometimes it's bad. Let's see what we have today and we'll start with some straight data. Uh, Statistics New Zealand has been busy putting together our regional emissions data and uh, they have uh, recently made this public. And um, here here are some extracts uh, from this data which I hope you'll find relevant. Um, the uh, emissions of our region, Nelson Tasman, uh, have have in the 2018 year been about 1.2 megatons. Now that is 1.2 million tons of carbon dioxide equivalent. So that that the mixture of greenhouse gases uh, in what we emit in this region, which is mainly carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. Um, that's all kind of mathematically treated to sort of reduce it to uh, how many tons of carbon dioxide would have the same warming effect. That's what a carbon dioxide equivalent is. So um, the uh, overall New Zealand emissions has been for for some years just under 80 megatons, million tons of uh, carbon dioxide equivalent, and our emissions um, of 1.2 are uh, something like an 80th of that. Now, our emissions have gone down a touch, just 0.3% uh, to 70. Uh, the New Zealand um, emissions have gone down to 78 megatons, which is a decrease of 0.3%. And also our regional emissions have gone down a touch to 1.1 megaton. And of that, uh, Tasman emits about two-thirds of that and Nelson emits about one-third, which is interesting because the populations of the two regions, Nelson and Tasman, are very nearly the same. Uh, however, we in Tasman emit much more than people who live in Nelson. Why? Um, it's because Tasman is so spread out and uh, people drive everywhere. People drive between uh, uh, home and work, home and school, home and shops, People drive, uh, even even when the trip is a very um, one that can easily be done by bicycle or walking. Uh, so this is a problem because to achieve our global goals 
of ho holding warming to um, <clears throat> below one and a half degrees centigrade, we need to be reducing at about 10% a year. That 10% a year uh, allows for some movement towards sufficiency of the very poor countries who need some emissions allowances to do that. So a decrease of 0.3% is um, very problematic. And we critically need to um, up our ambition and to reduce a whole lot more of our emissions. Uh, we should add into that that Nelson per person emissions in, in households are the lowest in the country. So well done, Nelson, uh, for accomplishing that. Um, sorry to say it's not good enough. Um, all of us in Tasman, it's way not good enough. Okay, moving on to, um, I want to tell you about a study reported recently in The Lancet, which is quite a famous and very old medical journal. And uh, it, it has to do with the relationship between ambient temperature, you know, just the temperature of the air around us as we move through it day by day, and our um, tendency to be violent. It's been known for quite some time that physical violence between people increases at higher temperatures. People evidently become more aggressive and bad-tempered when they're really hot. And this interesting piece of new research shows much the same effect in online hate speech. So people are apparently willing to be more hateful and abusive uh, online uh, when they're uncomfortably hot and also to a lesser extent when they're uncomfortably cold. Cold extremes increase hate speech by 12.5%, hot extremes by 22%. The authors of this study, I, first of all, I should tell you that this was a huge study. In fact, I have never seen a study with uh, using elements, uh, 4 billion elements, uh, data elements, uh, in, in its figures. Uh, they used artificial intelligence to deal with 4 billion tweets in 773 cities in the US to produce this data. And they interpreted it as showing limits to the adaptive abilities of humans to hot and cold temperature extremes. We hum humans are an extraordinarily adaptive species and have adapted to um, an enormous range of, of climates and, and also an enormous range of um, uh, geographic systems from deserts to swamps. Um, but there, but where there are limits, and we we become uh, more dangerous to each other at those limits. Um, hate speech affects mental health, it causes increased anxiety, depression, and self harm. In addition, the the um, climate change has has its own impact. In increased ambient temperature also 
um, it causes worse mental health, anxiety, depression, and suicide. So the recipient of hate speech has a double whammy. They're feeling they're feeling worse because it's so hot, and they're feeling doubly terrible uh, because they're the recipient of somebody else's bad-tempered hate speech. Um, interestingly, and I think rather puzzlingly, these effects were seen in all income groups, including well-off people who are likely to have air conditioning in their homes and cars. Okay, worth bearing that in mind. Now, something different again. Um, also, not good news, sorry. <laughs> sorry for that. Um, the Amazon forest matters to all of us, as much as the Kahurangi forest, really. Uh, if you think about the impact on, on global climate phenomena, it doesn't matter if that forest is on the other side of the world or next door. And what's happening in, in the Amazon forest, you already know, um, is pretty disturbing. And this, this recent report uh, is along the lines that environmental destruction in some parts of the Amazon has reached a tipping point and is moving, it would seem, irrevocably towards turning it into grasslands or savannah, especially in Brazil and Bolivia. Now, note, that's not the whole of the Amazon, it's parts of the Amazon, but it, it's pretty bad news that that tipping point uh, seems to have been passed in parts of the Amazon. Amazonian indigenous organisations are calling for a global pact for permanent protection of 80% of the Amazon by 2025. Indigenous people quite clearly know most about the forest and uh, they need their land safeguarded from land grabbers, from illegal logging and miners. Um, selling off or selling off leases of blocks of the forest for oil drilling is a huge threat. Soy, beef and grain farms are another huge threat. It's been suggested that other countries forgive debt to the Amazon countries in exchange for protection commitments and that this is an opportunity for us to reach out and protect the Amazon, which matters so much to us and everyone else in the world. That's it for today, dear friends. I'm Joanna Santa Barbara, and this has been an Eco Postcard. Eco Postcards airs Monday afternoons, 3.30 p.m. and Saturday mornings, 9.50 a.m. Till next week, bye for now. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz.